Hi guys and welcome to, do you know what? I'm Flo. I'm Samantha. And we are just two friends talking utter rubbish. Hi friend. Hi friend. How you doing? I'm good, I'm good. How you doing? I, do you know what? I'm, Jesus Christ, can't even help. (laughs) As soon as we say once, it's all we say. (laughs) I am absolutely exhausted but also really warm from this heat um i'm not used to getting sunshine in the uk and as you can see from my dark blinds behind me i i have not been coping very well what about you (laughs) ah yeah no i'm not too bad i finally had the boiler man come and actually fix the boiler this time so uh quite opposite to you i've obviously been freezing all day um, but the house is finally warm which is really nice and me and betsy are really enjoying it uh, so yeah i'm really glad that that's now been sorted um but actually i mean i don't think the weather's been that warm today so I not mean, for me at least. scotland yeah that is very true uh, it does go to show the difference between the scottish weather and the english weather um i mean you are closer to the bottoms of the top <laughs> What, the North Pole? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless you. I was going to say the Antarctic, but is that at the bottom? (laughs) Why are you asking me about geography? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know either. I don't know which one it is. Okay, moving on. The North. Yeah, and also you are in, um, you're in a big city as well. And London, of all places. Yeah, also I've got big windows. And you're on the eleventh floor. Yeah, so the heat the heat gets trapped. It's like a greenhouse. Um and I just get a bit overwhelmed with warmth. But it's good because it means my bills will go down. And also the first thing that every single person I talk to, like during the day, says is, Oh, are you enjoying the sunshine? And I'm like, No, my blinds are shut. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, Oh, okay, that's nice. I'm like yeah you and they're like yeah yeah I'm really liking it and I'm like "Mm -hmm, cool good good like I am ginger so I can't go in the sun anyway so I just sit in the darkness the whole time and that's (laughs) just my life uh to be fair also up here like where my flat is I'm on a I'm in a ground floor flat ground floor flat did I say that right yeah yeah so I'm on the ground floor (laughs) um and like the way my flat is like the sun just doesn't shine on it so even when it's hot it's still kind of cold in the flat so yeah <laughs> the thing is i'm just I'd jealous of your heat cold i'd have much you... rather be cold have you thought about maybe opening like a window or the balcony door yeah i thought about it didn't do it <laughs> i am so hot if only i could sort this mm, not gonna open the windows though I open the window for a little bit next to me and then after about 10 minutes I get cold so I shut the window and then I get warm again. It's just a never-ending cycle. I can't seem to be the right temperature. Okay, and that's because you're opening the window next to you. You need to open the window like near the door or or crack open that, that actual door. Yeah, but then it gets a bit loud with all the trains and stuff. So it's a bit like a catch-22. I'm just never happy. <laughs> I mean, making you happy is next to impossible. <laughs> That is true. Yeah, yeah. So have you had any fun deliveries lately? Oh, I have. Oh, what have we got this time? So I got um, a my small products of um, cleaning products um, with their reusable bottles and then the little um, 
you know concentrated cleaner so I'll be giving those a try this week um just because I already use them for like my dishwasher and my washing machine yeah so so just trying to extend you know the sustainability there um holler to sustainability it's my life um and yeah do you know what that, that's about it I, ha- I don't really think I've ha- had anything else no I'm joking um because I mean Flo I, very w- I wasn't digging at that one <laughs> you you definitely were Flo sent me a nice little pick-me-up box which was absolutely adorable um if you hit up my Instagram it's not on there um <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it was like a story, so it'll be long gone by now. <laughs> it's gone now. <laughs> yeah, if you follow me on Instagram, you won't see it. It was on there, but it's not anymore. <laughs> still follow me. <laughs> like, worst plugging ever. Is There's nothing there to see. I haven't posted in about nine months. But <laughs> I know, like, people don't really post on, like, their main Instagram page anymore. It's just people posting stories. And then, even then, people really aren't doing very, like, interesting things. I know what's been well what has there been to post about in the last year you know it's like oh look at the food I made oh look at these selfies that I've taken of myself you know I'm just I'm, I don't see the point of taking a photo of myself when I haven't done it like when firstly I don't look that good and secondly I'm not doing anything that entertaining so why does anyone care <laughs> I mean you came to visit me in August last year but i don't think we took any photos actually because i don't have any not not of ourselves we went to dockyard yes i remember the walk because i'm not big walker right and um flo promised me that it was gonna be what was it you said it won't be any more than 5k or something like that and i was like all right all right i can do that i can do that um and we got to about 5k and we weren't even we were like only just over halfway and Flo was like ah maybe it was five miles or something and I was like you've got to be kidding me (laughs) I was like I was like you've got me on this long ass walk like under such false pretenses and I can't even be annoyed like I can't even be annoyed because I've just got to do it I've just got to walk back the rest (laughs) of the way yeah, and the, the best- worst thing was that I was like really, really into it. I was like, right, it's only going to be this long. It's only going to be 5K. I'm going to jog a little bit of it. You know, it's not that Oh my God, yeah, you started running. This. So I was like trying to be really healthy and, you know, like doing little jogs and little sprints. And then I was like, because of ages, so I was like, yeah, got it wrong. And I was like. Yeah, I realised I'd really fucked it up. So the place where I took her, it's got like signs to like all the different like viewpoints. So they they have like a few bridges that it directs you to and stuff. And I realised I fucked it up when like we'd been going for a good like 45 minutes or something. And it says, yeah, you still got a kilometre to go until you've got to the green bridge. And I was like, flip, the green bridge is our halfway point. (laughs) And we're like 45 minutes in, we still got a kilometre to go to the bridge. Um, And then also the best bit was right after the bridge was a really nice like incline that takes you like a good five minutes to get up as well that I just didn't tell Samantha about. (laughs) So yeah, we were just, we kept going like down and we just kept going down and Samantha's like, we're going to go back up, aren't we? I was like, yeah, stop. It's fine. It doesn't take long. So yeah, but. That was hell. Do you know what? I've actually wiped that a bit out of my memory like how steep it was going down and then thinking about then the getting back up oh my gosh I don't think I, my legs felt have ever felt that broken yeah because I the, the toughest bit about the going up bit is I knew how long it was and I knew that I could do it in one because I could just push myself because I knew how long it was whereas for you like 
you didn't know where the end was. So it was harder to convince yourself to keep going because you didn't know when it was going to stop. But it was a beautiful that, walk. That was actually painful. Like the, the views were lovely. Painful. Honestly, I'm thinking back to that now. And I don't know if you can tell by the look on my face, but my level of hatred for you <laughs> while walking up that hill has I don't I don't know if it's ever been that high I don't know like I feel like you could personally harm me again and it still isn't going to be as much as like a betrayal as how long that walk actually bloody was compared to what you said it was like I actually don't think I can ever be that pissed off again like honestly (laughs) it was such a betrayal of trust such a betrayal I mean, it was a nice view. And it was an accident. I honestly thought it, it had only taken me like an hour previous. Like, I don't know how I'd got it into my head that it was only taking me an hour. But it generally, I mean, I don't know if it was just nice enough. It felt like that. But how many times can I say it's a nice view before you forgive me? I mean, it's going to take a few more um, nights out on Flo's credit card for me <laughs> to forgive you. Do you know what actually surprised me this week is... So I don't know if anyone listening has watched it, but me and Samantha are both really big fans of Unforgotten. Uh, We were watching it together. Like we'd call each other and watch every episode. Um, And I was actually really surprised at the final episode. Uh, We we weren't a massive fan of it at all, were we? No, I just feel it was quite boring in comparison to a lot of the other episodes. And also it's like, oh, Cassie got hit by a car oh no she's hurt and in hospital and might die and then it was like they just sort of went oh yeah so actually we've this murder wasn't really that hard to solve all we had to do was get this detail off the pen like there there, there absolutely did not need to be any anywhere near as much of an investigation into that as there actually was like if you think about it right what needed to happen so right you found a you found a body oh okay there's no head you then found the head and when you found the head you found what the weapon was and you got the weapon and then you find out who's you know the weapon belonged to blah 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 oh and then it tells you who the killer is because it's literally got the person's initials on it so you're going to know who's done it and the rest of it doesn't really matter like right. literally there's no there's no real detective work there there's no you know putting the things together it's not you know process of elimination it was literally just the fact that oh yeah the pen has your initials on it so it's you yeah and like the other thing that annoyed me is they spent five episodes on this case and then the last episode was, by the way, Cassie doesn't want to come back. Like, the actress doesn't want to come back, so we need to kill Cassie off. So we're going to spend a whole episode doing that. Oh, uh, yeah, by the way, we do solve the murder. Here's about five minutes telling you how we solve the murder um, and also showing that Sonny can be a detective in his own right. But the whole episode became about killing off Cassie rather than solving the murder. And it just yeah, it really and pissed it, me off. And I just thought it was a bit of a naff killing off as well. Like, right. oh, some random, like, oh, she just pulled out in front of a kid speeding with a Range Rover and now she's dead. Yeah. Shame. Like, it was just really, like, it was a pretty shit ending. Like, she's, like, literally, she's literally a policewoman. She's a policewoman. Why didn't you make it one of the people? I don't know. Like, you could have just made that so much more interesting. Like, come on. Also, she or at least back. just have her actually like jump off a building even that would have been more exciting (laughs) she also came back with like three months before she retired and you're telling me that they solved that case one in under three months and two in did we work out like 
a week and a half because they were like she's well, taken yeah, half course, weeks from retirement and it's like but it was, would it would be it would be solved in a week and a half because all they had to do was get the bloody fountain pen send it to forensics and get it checked out and then go and check who owned who bought the pen that was it yeah. all they had to fucking do to solve the entire thing the rest of it's jack shit none of this going and hunting down the landlady of the pub do you know which guy it was that beat up this guy and got beaten up by walshy or whatever his name is oh it was wrong like didn't need any of that shit you didn't even need to track down the bloody police officer that pulled over the, the car you didn't even need to know any of that all you needed to know like okay fair enough that does matter because it's how you know dean barton was in the car yeah but the rest of it doesn't even matter you know the fact is you didn't find out that the brother died until the last episode you didn't find out the brother dean's brother was murdered till the last episode everything was just found out then the rest of like the middle four episodes were fucking useless well no, no i think the only part they sort of contributed to was the fact that obviously the others covered up a murder and that's obviously like they all but, they none, but that's the point none of them knew that he was murdered they thought it was an accident so that's why they've only got you know yeah, but they still covered it, it up. Um, what? No, no, they only got prohibiting a lawful burial. burial. That's yeah. what they're. Yeah, that's it, and that just means that you don't allow someone's body to be buried. That's all that they are getting done for. Oh like, wow, that's really Thanks not that deep. the obvious there, Cal. <laughs> well, I don't know. It seemed like you thought they were getting like accessories to murder because they're not because well, they no, not didn't know that he murdered him. But yeah, I just, I yeah, I felt like it all became about Cassie, and it's like honestly why they couldn't have just let her live out live it out like just let her retire like yeah you could have you could have you could have written the case better so that it took up the majority of her three months retirement and then after you sold the case fast even fast forward like a month and be like cassie's retirement day and yeah that but i feel like that ending. just wouldn't have been enough i feel like that people wouldn't have been satisfied they would have been like she's still in disdain like she wouldn't have but um also, I think the thing that gets me as well is that this this season felt really like I don't know I don't know how to say this without being insulting, but like low intelligence. It was like really easy to follow. Like nothing was a shock, you know. Like even the way that they explained, like they literally sort of explained the whole cocaine running to you, like you're a child trying to understand it. Like there was no complexities in it, and I think I was just really bored compared to like previous seasons where you're like, oh, there's this, there's this, there's this. Like what was going on with that? What was going on with that? Where was with this? I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that will make sense. Like none of this is a shock to me. Yeah, because like, like with where's... the with the last season, like the shock came from. It was obviously, spoiler alerts if you guys have not seen any of the other seasons, that's your issue, not ours. But like, it was like the doctor was obviously the murderer, but she wasn't his only victim. She wasn't his first victim. She wasn't his last victim. Like, she was one of many and all this. He was also a psychopath. Yeah. You know, like, here's, here's someone that's managed to fool people for like decades to thinking he's a nice person, to thinking his ex-wife was a psycho and actually he was abusing her and, you know, even got his children to believe that his mum yeah. was crazy. Like that's how good a psychopath he was. And then we go from all of that and like that deepness to like, oh, um, yeah, it was actually just a retaliation in basically London gangs was yeah. what it was. It's almost like they got scared of trying to blame police whereas like when, when you look you know at things like made it like if they had just made it more of the case that dean had joined the police like if they'd made it that G dean joined the police to find out and to somehow get this guy 
that had killed his brother. That would have been more interesting. Uh, Isn't that his motivation behind joining the police? Like, at least add to that. Like, even if he then left and, you know, off he went and continued his own stuff and still escaped, but that he intentionally joined the police to know yeah. that he could, like, hunt this guy down and kill him would have been way more exciting. Not just a, oh, I had the pen in my pocket and then just decided to shove it through the wound on his head. Boring. Yeah, that's didn't even, such a it wasn't even a way. good was it not even a good murder like the guy already <laughs> knocked himself out you literally just stuck a pen in his head and left him that's it like yeah come on half the work was done for you if it's um if you're gonna commit a murder commit a murder <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> no, i must, I, I I must get, seem like a bit crazy i get what you mean like i really hate it when they do a half-assed murder because that's that's effectively what it was like i think the part of the issue as well is we learn in the last episode that yeah, he actually had a brother that didn't hate him. Like the rest, like the whole time, it was made to seem like he all his brothers hated him and this and that. Like his father disowned him and all this, and then suddenly well, no, his brother died though. No, no, no. But but suddenly that brother was supportive. Like that wasn't made clear. And if it was, yeah, but he was dead. That's why it didn't matter. Yeah, but we but you would have made a link easier if you'd known that the dead brother actually supported his career where yeah, they didn't know that the dead brother was his brother until the last episode yeah, there was time did... for any of these links <laughs> yeah but there was and definitely how like police have known that he was a supportive brother because they went to interview his family so why doesn't the mum be like oh yeah he got on with it uh, with dead brother Stephen or whatever it was well because they didn't really like the police did they I mean, the also, mum, the mum also, didn't seem to oh, no, no. But also support. the fact that the mum, the mum went to visit him and was like, oh, it's your mum. They didn't even show us that. Like, come on, give us some entertainment here. Like, it's just your mum's at the door. Yeah, that no, but it. we did see them talk, though, didn't we? Did we? Oh, did I just miss that? Yeah, we did see them talk. Have I literally just blocked that out? I, you've obviously just completely missed it. Were they delight? We did see oh, them talking to each other. Like, it wasn't anything really that's... Um, yeah, she was like, I don't expect you to forgive me. You know, I've not got much time left, so I just wanted to say that I'm sorry and that I love you. Yeah, I literally, I was that bored by this season that I've already forgotten half of it. Yeah. That's really bad. It's like, even with, like, the second season, the thing I loved about it is it was... But how how could how could they all be involved? Like, it doesn't make sense. And then the fact that, again, spoiler alert, your own issue, not ours... Um, you know, they all killed each other's like abuser. That's how they managed to cover it up. Like the fact that you, they that explained, was a good one. yeah, they explained an intricate way of how they also managed to like cover it up, um, so that it couldn't be proven. And do you know what? And, and they let them get away. with Yeah, it. and they let them get away with it because realistically, how could they actually prove all the links to a point where you know the CPS could take them to court no, for it? Yeah. And, and and as they said at the time, like those victims had clearly already had punishment enough just by knowing they did what they did, even if they thought the people believed them. So, like, that one was so much, like, again, so much more interesting. And I would love to talk about the first series, but I can't think what it was now. I've only just recently watched it as well. Was it, uh, uh, was it the one where um, the guy was found in, like, a basement? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was the the gay one. The gay guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. The, again, one where the, the again, one where the son punches the yeah, policeman. Yeah, because that's the... That's the thing is, you're literally there the whole time. And you're like, oh, so it's that guy. And then in the last episode, they come around and be like, actually, no, he's covering for his wife. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, I generally didn't see that coming. I mean, yes, okay, I know I briefly forgot it, but, you know, I can only remember so much in my mind. But they all just had genuine plot twists that you're like, oh, my God, 
like that's incredible whereas i think i don't know maybe the plot the plot twist of it being dean getting revenge for his brother wasn't portrayed properly because they were so focused on kathy's uh, kathy yeah i think it wasn't it just wasn't enough like I just feel like it could have been done a lot better. Like definitely, the whole the whole fact that the guy that died was even sort of remotely related to any sort of gang stuff wasn't like all I knew was that he was a drug addict. Yeah, you know? I think, yeah, I think that's the other thing is like it wasn't even like like fair enough if maybe he was like a drug dealer like but that all we were told is yeah he did, I feel he, like he wasn't... did drugs and was a bit violent. There was also nothing on the victim. Like, there was hard, like, you know how normally, like, they're really, you know, this is the victim and, you know, like, this is their story. This is their family. Like, here are all the, these things. Like, there was none of that this time. Like, if you think back to season, like, the season before when, you know, you had the, um, you know, seeing the mom and seeing the identical twin sister as she was older and, you know, talk about how guilty she felt and, you know, blah, blah, blah. There was loads of stuff to do with the family. Whereas with this one, it was all just to do with the police officers and the ex-police officers and yeah. it was all to do with them. And I was like, I feel like you've, you've changed it too much because of the fact that they're ex-police officers to focus on the the, the potential suspects. And you've, you've just stepped completely away from the victim and there, there was no, like real depth into his background no like depth or understanding into it you had like a couple of you know like interviews there was like what one family interview with the brother and one with the son who wasn't even alive at the point but yeah you know so it was literally nothing, say nothing you know and then and I, it, and I was like <laughs> i didn't know anything about him yeah i know what, and then, what was his name and then i found it kind of funny that at the end they did the the son reunite with the uncle and it's like I mean, this would be great if we had any relationship with them. And it kind of annoys me because it's, yeah. it's almost like they've said these uh, anybody involved in gang stuff or like or does drugs or violence basically doesn't have a family or a life. A worthy victim. Yeah. yeah. Whereas actually a lot of the time they do have families and they do have families who still want answers. Like you can't sit there and tell me that the only person who cared about him was his brother or that he didn't have friends who generally would have like loved and cared with him. Cause that's the thing with gangs is a lot of the time they end up making, you know, their own families as well as like yeah. their actual blood. And family. also if he was, if it like also surely with that sort of gang thing as well, you'd expect that people like the gang would have cared more about, you know, like all the, te- all the people in his family would have cared more about where he'd gone and would have then kicked off at the other family. But there was like, it didn't really add up enough. It was like, it was a bit of a half-assed territory battle, apparently. Yeah. Like that's, I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing is, yeah. Even if like there was sort, I think if they had portrayed that a bit more, like, I feel like it just wasn't a good link, exp- uh, like police officers and like a gang family. I think they just they could have done them better as two mm. completely unrelated stories. Mm. But I agree. But I am looking forward to seeing what they do with the next season because I think Sonny will be good as the new detective, but it'll all be dependent on who they match them up with because they're obviously gonna I, I reckon they will match them up with another woman. So it could be Fran and you, someone who's already there. But I don't know if Fran is being brought in as a strong enough character for her to replace a character like Cassie. Yeah, I don't I don't know offense to the characters like well, the actress is great, but the character hasn't been written that well for like taking yeah. over, you know. And I think it it will have to be someone new because if they were writing planning on her becoming like the next main lead, they would have had to write her a stronger character this season. Yeah, because I did notice like they were starting to use her a bit more than they had previously. And I was like, mm, 
Like, if they're trying to use her to replace Cassie, they're not writing her well enough. Because, like, again, like you say, the actress does, like, she portrays Fran so well as Fran's written. She's just not being given the story or the character backing that she needs. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they'll bring in another another woman. Yeah, and also it would be really dull if you, like, if for season, it's season five, the next season, right? Yeah. So if for season five, it was like, oh, and here's Fran's boyfriend. Like, we've had her for four seasons. If we were to give a shit about her personal life, you should have got her involved by now. So they just need to bring in someone new yeah. and make you, like, involved with that person, like, all together. You can't be, you know, replacing... You can't be bringing in Fran and making us give a shit because no, no, we don't care. We've seen her for long enough now, but I don't care about the ins and outs of her life. No, like you say, they've left it too late for people to relate to her. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if they bring the new character in as a DCI and replace, um, literally replace Cassie or if Sonny will step up as the DCI and they'll replace him as a DI. I, I, a, part of me, a part of me wants them to replace the DCI because I'm... Again, love Sonny and I love him as a character, but I don't see him as a DCI. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, that'll be interesting. So, But also the thing that really shocked me is it got so many rave reviews online and I'm just like, did did we watch the same thing? Like everyone loved it. And I was like, what? Sorry, what? But I feel like that's where it becomes, that's because it's like an easy watch and, you know, like people just... You know, like, oh, yeah, the murder got solved and it was this. Oh, like, that's so cool. And, you know, people just want something that's simple and easy to watch. And whereas sometimes I want something that's a bit deeper, you know, like it's got a little bit more intricacies to it and is, you know, a little bit more entwined and not just the simple fix at the end. Like that just makes me a bit bored and a bit annoyed of watching so many episodes of it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I have to say I do like the episode length. I think like having six episodes is a good good thing. But like one of the things we said we've liked about it before is the episodes were very structured in that you found out something new in every episode, which I think they lost this season. Yeah, I was feeling like I wasn't gaining any further knowledge. It was more just character yeah. development throughout the episodes. Yeah. And that's like, it wasn't like, yeah, like they added extra things like, you know, the cocaine smuggling and, but most of it was just a bit half-arsed and dull. Like, and the links were also really like just meh. Like they Yeah, didn't... they had too, too many people in it this time because i know there was only what there was only four officers obviously the fifth was dead um but yeah like because what the first uh series i think i think they usually have three or four whereas this time i felt four was too much well the season before it was four yeah but it worked because they were four best friends so like they were very much linked the thing that i think annoyed me a little bit as well so you know how um that by um, the cocaine smuggling happening is how they found the link between Ram and Dean and how they knew that Dean had something on Ram to be able to get him to be involved in the cocaine smuggling. The thing that got me with that is the fact that they were like, oh, we just need to come up with some way to get that link going. And it was like, oh, I need to sell an extra, t- I need to raise some more money for my disabled son. So I'm going to like do some drug smuggling and get paid money. And it's like, oh so it's so convenient that he's just decided to do this when you're about to start investigating in him and I'm like yeah that just sort of bugs me a bit because I'm like 
that's very much just you've written this in as like you need to link it up and it's really lazy linking up you know it's like oh yeah shit we need to create a link that shows this okay we'll just chuck that in and like but it's got no real like substance to it because like the wife was like oh we agreed we weren't going to do this anymore okay so why did you not just have them continuing to do it rather than having them had stopped it and make it more of a continuation so it wasn't a big deal but instead you've just chucked out like I don't know it just annoyed me that bit like yeah it just wasn't linked in very well at all so um yeah so here's hoping that season five is a bit better and we look forward to hopefully talking about it on future podcasts do you know what good news I've had this week? Oh, no, do share, do share. I'd just like to point out, we are very much like stopping talking about our personal lives so that we can talk about it on here. So, do Yeah, also it means I don't have to talk to Flo that often, which is I'll great. I'll shut up, you love bonus it. of doing this. Um, I, my work have said that I should be able to move to Sheffield and it won't cause a problem really? with my work agreements which is brilliant that's a good bit of context I live and work in London at the moment um for my job which is great but with Covid and everything it's made home working so much more of the norm that I've been considering moving to Sheffield which is where I went to uni um and where some guy that I know is <laughs> <laughs> is is also living so you know it's a win-win i might cohabit with him um, um, he's called our beard <laughs> yeah our beard yeah our beard it's the thing that you use to cover up something so our, oh yeah. yes yes our beard i get get sorry that took me a sec there um yeah he's really great um and is so he- <laughs> <laughs> so gonna move to Sheffield but obviously my concern was that with Sheffield being a two-hour train away that I was like oh will my work be okay with you know less days in the less I was gonna say less weeks in the office less days of the week in the office is what I mean um and they've come back and said yes um thank you as long as you know if there was an urgent client meeting that gets booked in the day before that I can make it into the office by 10 o'clock the next day which is completely reasonable and you know being okay to do two or three days a week in the office sometimes no days in the office which would be great so it's just a win-win and I'm glad that there's a confirmation of that so I continue to actually look at nice pretty houses that I can live in and it won't cause a problem (laughs) yeah could you imagine if you literally bought a house in Sheffield with Rob and they were like uh no but like you said like at the moment like they can't stop you from living anywhere but it's obviously nice that they've like they are supporting this. Yeah, it's nice to have like definite like a definite answer from, you know, like your boss as well who says like this is what the expectations will be, you know. And it's good to hear that also that, you know, some weeks there won't be I won't have to go in the office because then that makes it like <clears throat> just that little bit nicer you know like to know that it's not expected every single week because why would it be expected every single week you know like it's it's just it's not needed anymore you don't need to be in the office every single day and I think you know of course it's about being reasonable about compromising on both sides and and I even said to my manager I was like oh I was looking at getting 
you know, what the earliest train was and the fact that I could get the six o'clock train and I could be in the office before nine. She was like, don't be silly. You don't need to get into half nine, 10, <laughs> get the seven o'clock train. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Like I would have been more than happy to be waking up at half five to get a six o'clock train if it meant that, you know, I had the flexibility of living where I wanted. So it's nice to have a sort of reciprocated compromise as well. But I don't even think it is a compromise because you're not lacking on anything. You're not losing out. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing that really helped when I moved up to Scotland is when I, when I first moved up, I started getting the train home um, because what I'd agreed with my boss is I could get like the two, three o'clock train from like Edinburgh. And then it's literally like a four hour train journey down to Peterborough, which is the closest station to my parents. Um, and it meant like I, I would then just spend four hours working on the train because I literally had nothing else to do on the train. I mean, there's a couple of occasions where I got uh, distracted by... Uh, drunk middle-aged man trying to get me and two women drunk and politely had to decline that one um why because i was working <laughs> as i explained to him over and over i was like no i have work to do um, and like he'd let me do this during even our like our busiest of times because he knew going home to me was really important because um like i had a lot going on in my first year and i was missing my family so having companies that, you know, can really support you like that, especially given what's happened during 2020, like like you say, working patterns are never going to be the same. Obviously, there's not there's some businesses that will have to go back to how they were. But for like a lot of businesses, offering employees that flexibility, it will change things like completely. Yeah, I think it's really important to have that flexibility. And it means that workers feel more valued as well. And like when you know that you've got a business that's supporting you, you're, you're, you you want to work harder you know like I've always found the sort of idea of like reward within a business really interesting and you know people always say it's not about the bonuses you get but it's about the knowing that you're respected and that you're valued and so for people to go out of their way to make sure that you're comfortable with your working environment and your working structure means that you feel valued means you're more likely to leave so businesses don't be expecting your people to come into the office three, four times a week because they're going to quit. Do you mean less likely to leave or did I just completely stop listening to what you said? <laughs> well, what I meant to say was businesses, your people are more likely to leave if they work more days in the office. Oh, right. Okay. Maybe I just stopped I may listening. have said that wrong. <laughs> if I said that wrong, you can just edit it out and like... <laughs> no it's fine it's fine we can't be perfect all the time and yeah as if we know how to edit properly Uh, but i I do always get my words the wrong way around though to be fair oh words are hard words are really really hard but yeah like just the way the world works is going to be completely different from now like i think the days of always having to go to your gp every time you like need to speak to a gp i definitely can be over like i know gp oh mate i've been using gp at hand like for the last year and it's great um you know for like even when even when there was the point when you could go into the gp i just do everything on the phone because you can get like an appointment for the next day and because it's a phone appointment it's just so much easier you know as opposed to this bullshit where you have to call up at 8am and sit in a fucking phone call like for half an hour for them to say that they've got no more slots that day and you've got to do the same thing the next day otherwise your next appointment's in three weeks fuck off <laughs> yeah no like I'm not doing get how, that shit I get how hard it was for them before but it's also going to just offer GPs like a lot more like time because and and also not having to sit in the gp surgery for half an hour because you have to be on time but they're running behind 
for work. Like I've generally had one of the first appointments of the day and they've been running behind. And I'm like, how can you already be behind? Like you've literally just started. And like, yeah, that- literally on the first appointment of the day, you're still 30 minutes fucking late. Yeah. It's almost like it's a requirement. You have to be late. Uh, but again, like it's just going to help people so much not having to waste time in GP surgeries. Like for example, with my sister, when she's got the twins, like she can't be like dragging them down to the GP surgery every time she needs to take one of them or even go herself. Um, and it just means like GPs will be able to, you know, fit more people in. Um, people are spending like less time trying to get appointments because there's more like flexibility. So yeah, it was like, there's just gonna be so many things in the world that completely change. Like one of the things me and two of my friends did last year was we went to a drive-in movie, which I'd never really heard of before. And it was so much fun. Like they threw like a full on disco beforehand because obviously we had to wait until like nine o'clock for it to get properly dark so we could watch the movie um but we were literally in this field in our cars like beeping our horns flashing our lights people dancing on the top of their cars and all this and like obviously very few people were drinking because of the amount of obviously drivers there but it was just so much fun like there's loads of like traditional scottish dances that people do at parties and literally everyone was getting out of their cars and doing them um and obviously like they spaced the cars out so that you had enough space to get out so you weren't trapped inside your car trying to social distance from everyone. Like they had food and stuff. The toilets weren't disgusting, which is always a benefit at events like these. And I just think that's going to just be a thing that happens now. So it'll be interesting to see if new movies go onto the screen like that or if it will continue to be old movies. But I think things like that are going to become more and more popular. I don't know, because I feel my my thing with something like that is that it's really great when your only choice is to have to be socially distanced. But if you have the option of, you know, being able to actually be with people again and, you know, say, for example, you can go out and actually have a drink. Probably a lot of those people that are the drivers would rather go out and do those things where they can drink. Like, because even if it's just one, you know, it still makes an impact um that it just puts a bit more of a restriction onto what you can do for the evening like because there's a lot of things in um london where they have stuff like that but it's not for drivers it's just for um like outdoor cinema stuff yeah so i actually disagree because for example like i'm not like a massive drinker like i don't like drinking loads and there's gonna be but you disagree because you're not a big drinker no 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 no. and there's gonna be loads of other people that are the same that and this is the thing is we went in our pajamas. We were basically sat in a car with our pillows, our duvets, all proper snuggled up. Um, and we'd literally just come in from, ha- like, because there are people who don't drink, who don't want to be stuck in a sweaty club to go out and, like, enjoy time with their friends or, like, even sitting in a pub where it's loud, you can barely hear each other. So I think there's still going to be a massive audience. Like, there was loads of families there as well. I mean, you could just go to the cinema. Yeah, but it's it's not the same because, like, we can talk through the, uh, during the movie if, when we're in our car. Oh. You can't do that in the cinema. Oh, see, right. Okay. Okay. Because if you think, and I'm I'm just going to say this now, if you think I will ever go to a drive-in movie with you and it's a brand new film and I'm going to allow you to talk through the film, you've got another thing coming. And also like, like if we're watching, if we're, no, 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 but Flo, if we're ever watching a brand new movie, you do not talk. That That is that whether we're at home, we're in the cinema, we're in a drive-in cinema, you shut the fuck up. That's it. Yeah, but also, like like I said, we had like, we were in our pajamas, we were in our uh, slippers, like we had our pillows and duvets you ain't gonna be doing that in a cinema like it just adds a completely I mean, different experience i would do that in a cinema. 
You are, you are, um... I've got I I literally I I would walk around in um my pajamas are pretty much most of the time just my normal clothes that I've been wearing in the day and I just sleep in them so I would have no problem with you know wearing my pajamas out I do it quite a lot um so that wouldn't bother me and I've taken blankets to the cinema before um to wrap up in so again not a problem <laughs> I think that's just more your, um, you feel like you shouldn't be doing these things in public. I have no shame. <laughs> I do those things in public. Do you take a pillow? I don't need to be... No, I don't take a pillow, but mainly because I find the seats are quite comfy and I don't really need one. Fair enough, or I've got fair. Rob. True, true. You know, um, so that's a win-win. But so I, I do get your point, but I also think that considering the fact that those things are so big because you can't go to the cinema when the cinema comes back it might lose a lot of its it can be cheaper yeah because you pay by car yeah Um, so like for families of like five it's a much cheaper experience having split 30 quid between five of you rather than paying the cinema tickets obviously you can bring your own like food and snacks and not have someone like being like oh you're not allowed to take them in with you because you know they're in they the car do that anymore do people do that anymore um some like you're it's a it's a general rule that you're not allowed but like if, as long as it's really not obvious like you've not got your tesco carrier bag i like, have done that <laughs> you actually like and also i think there's just some people who are so pathetic they like to be like eh, you're not allowed to do that so sorry you're gonna have to done that and then, then they probably take it out of the back and finish it themselves yeah, I know. But if someone said that I to would. me, I'd be like, I'm just going to put it back in my car. Like, see you later. Or I'll give it to you, but I want it back when I'm done. Like, I literally just walk through and I'm like, here's my bag of food and drinks. <laughs> and here's my here's my blanket. Um, and, you know, I'm ready for, for an experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like cinemas get really cold as well. So you definitely do need a blanket. They do. They do. I think it's some sort of sensory thing. But I get really sleepy when I'm cold. Really? Do you not get sleepy when you're warm? Mm-mm. No, I get sleepy when I'm cold. Um, not normal. So when I'm <laughs> so when I'm really chilly, I just I fall asleep. Um, I used to struggle with it all the time in my old office because it would always get really cold, and I sit there and I would just be I'd just be drowsy the whole time, and I'd be Are you sure that was asleep. the alcohol. Like, no, it would be like first thing in the morning. Are you sure it wasn't the alcohol? Yes, I'm sure it wasn't the alcohol. <laughs> no but no genuinely I like it was so cold and like when I'm cold I just fall asleep like I just get so sleepy it's like my body goes like just shuts down and it's like this is it's bedtime like when people say they get sleepy when they're hot I don't get that because I, I just get really agitated when I'm hot well no one gets how you can be sleepy when you're cold it's cold so you just like sh- I have a question for you oh god as we have discussed it will be well we'll have a little section which whilst no one actually listens to this um we're just going to come up with questions for each other to answer and so my question for you this week Flo why am I so nervous what (laughs) (laughs) true not that bad okay is what is your biggest regret oh my biggest regret I didn't I actually didn't even allow Flo to have any prep time on this either she asked me if I'd give her a heads up on the question I told her no yeah I was like can you not even give me a heads up so like I can uh I can think about it I try like not I know oh, this is gonna sound so cliche I try not regret things because like I don't there are so many life events that I wish happened differently 
but I also wouldn't be where I am now. That's without... a cop out. No, no, I'm like, no, I'm just like explaining that's why it's so hard to answer the questions. Because like, there's obviously loads of things that have happened in my life. For example, I wish I spent a lot more time with my granddad before his dementia kicked in. And then when his dementia kicked in, I wish I wasn't so scared of spending time with him. Because especially when the dementia got really bad, we had the issue of like, he remembered me as a young girl because obviously dementia works on your short-term memory. That's what goes first before your long-term memory. So he remembered me as like this four or five-year-old girl and, and I couldn't remember that. So he'd start talking to me about things that I had no recollection of. And I couldn't talk about things I knew because he didn't remember it. Um, so it used to really put me off going to see him because I'd like stumble on the conversation or he'd like, he'd ask me something. So I'd give him an answer. And then a couple of minutes later, he'd ask me again. Um, so I do, re I definitely regretted not spending like a lot more time with him. He unfortunately passed away six months after I moved up. So it all happened really quickly. Again, there was like an incident in school in year 11, uh, where I don't even know how to describe what happened. Um, but basically like, me and this girl fell out, stuff was said on social media that shouldn't have been said on social media. Uh, things were just taken out of proportion by both of us. And, you know, we both got in trouble with it. I got in a lot more trouble uh, just because of how things panned out. And it's a bit like, I regret how the situation played out. I'm, but then I wouldn't have ever left that school, I don't think. Well, I don't know. My mother's pretty persuasive. But then if it hadn't have happened, I probably wouldn't have been so willing to go to the sixth form where we went. So I would have never met you. Oh, God. So I would have been free of you. <laughs> I'm joking. Sorry. I also just an FYI for everyone. Samantha doesn't do emotions very well. No, she doesn't. Um, <laughs> so I my go to response when someone says something with emotions is to just make a mean joke. <laughs> yeah. Make a mean comment. Um, yeah. Always. Yeah. Again, like. My boyfriend that I had in opposite was very much kind of a waste of time. But if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have realised that I didn't want to have kids. And I know it sounds really stupid, but like he wanted kids so badly. And I had convinced myself that I was in love, that I was going to not take the job that I'd been given. I wasn't going to go to university. I was just going to get myself pregnant and have kids for him. And then like a couple of months later, I was like, hang on, I want this job. So like, he, he never forced me into anything. Like it wasn't him being like, nah, you can't go to university or take this job because we're going to have kids in this. It was never that. I just knew how badly he wanted it. And yeah, so like, even though like the relationship went nowhere, I then realized actually my career was more important than my relationship. <laughs> and then I realized I don't actually like kids. Why the hell was I willing to have kids at 18 years old with some guy I really barely knew and I most certainly didn't love. So yeah. And again, like my first boyfriend, he cheated on me, which stemmed all the issues I was talking about earlier. But like, I regret ever giving him a chance because he literally like begged for a chance. And he may say that he didn't, but he did. Because like they my- beg, they're not the one. Well, well, my friend had a crush on him. So I was like, oh no, I'm not going to date you because without her permission. So he actually had to ask her permission to ask me out. And then I said, yes. And like, that was such a shitty time in my life. And like, it really was so low and it definitely impacted my relationships going forward. But yeah, at the end of the day, all that has got me to where I am. And probably also in some ways made me a much nicer person. Like I've said a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have said. It was inappropriate. But at the time, I definitely didn't understand. And I think I've now learned and accept that it was wrong. And I shouldn't have used those. Because like, I, I can't remember who I was talking to the other day. 
But, you know, they used, like, a really derogatory word, which growing up, we never understood, like, the connotations of it being, like, a negative word for people with Down syndromes. Like, we wouldn't, we didn't know that link, and that's why that word was used. And now we do, like, we just, we don't use it. It's like, it's about, like, learning. Educating yourself. Yeah. And it's, the difference is, if you say something like that, sometimes around goes, please don't use that word. It's still a derogatory word for someone with Down syndrome. And then you go, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't know. And then you make a conscious effort to never say that again. Then that's that's fine. But like, if you know that word has bad connotations and you just, you continue to use it, that's when it's, it really is not okay. Yeah, I would probably say some of the language I've maybe used in the past, I definitely do regret, but it's all been a learning curve. There was just like a lot of naivety from me. Like I will be one of the first to admit I lived a very sheltered lifestyle. Yeah, that was an interesting question. Do you have anything that you regret other than not telling me to fuck off the first day you saw me? <laughs> you know what? It's really weird because I've, I've, I've been listening to what you say and I'm just like, I don't even know what I could like come up with and I'm not sure if it's because like to be, like I, I am quite bad in that a lot of the time even where I know I've done something wrong actually no that's not the right way to describe it a lot of the time I know that when I've done something that upsets people I don't always think that I've done something wrong um, oh I'm aware and yeah and like and th- th- there's very few times in my life where I don't feel justified for the response that I gave based on how I felt at that point in time you know like there's not really like even like looking back and being like oh that was you know an overreaction or if the same thing happened again I wouldn't do it that way but I'm not like oh I regret doing that like you learn you know I'm yeah but it's not it's not even about learning because some of it like for, for me a lot of my like drama and angst as a teenager was so like hormone related that it actually was out of my control and you know it was the fact that I had hormones surging in my body that I couldn't control and I couldn't, you know, deal with. And there wasn't really anyone that was there to educate me on it properly and to, you know, talk about how to deal with all of these emotions. Because my mum was so young herself that, you know, she'd only really got over those things herself that she didn't then know how to tell a 14-year-old girl how to get over it, you know. So it's like, I, it's not even like a, I was just like a really horrible teenager because I just didn't know how else to be. But I, I wouldn't even like change it. I suppose maybe, no, I don't it's know. Really I literally, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And but I don't even know if there is anything that I'd really like change that. Like, it's not that I wouldn't change it. I'm just trying to think, is there anything that I actually regret? And I'm trying to think, you know, like what's, what's that thing that I sort of think about in my life where I'm like oh that was bad you know like oh where I really fucked up and I literally am like I just can't. I definitely regret some of the people that I dated <laughs> but I didn't really date anyone I I because I was always like now nah, I don't want to I don't want a man I don't want someone like that in my life you know um I think the one guy that I regret dating the most is after like my first long-time boyfriend I'd been work like I'd been working with this guy and we'd always got on really really well um, and I knew like things were coming to an end between me and this boyfriend. And I've noticed when I'm struggling with things, I form like attachments to like an individual. Like for example, when I moved up here, I probably formed an attachment to my boss that he didn't realize I had. And it wasn't like I was in love with him, but I just relied on him for like the emotional support. And I did the same with this guy. And then we sort of, um, we did like, we didn't start dating, but like we, we kind of did. And like, we were really close. And I think people at work sort of knew it as well. Um, and then after my boyfriend broke up, like we like we did go out on a date, <laughs> and and like I'd formed such an attachment to him 
and then when we kissed and I was like oh my god I generally think it was like the worst kiss I've ever had in my life and I was just oh like boy. I had mistaken it's right they shouldn't know who they are but I'd mistaken like this just genuine friendship with a guy for something more and we never spoke to each other again after that because it, it I'd, I'd made it so awkward and I was like I've generally just lost such a good friend because I tried to make it into something it wasn't and that is probably like that's a lot of, of the great I have in relationships is I have an issue where I form emotional attachments really quickly and I'm aware I do it and I'm trying to get better at not doing it um, and it's a lot of pressure for the guy to like handle um, and obviously like I, and I'm very aware it's probably a lot of the reason why guys leave like I'm I'm trying to get better at it I just can't help I just need one of you to freaking stick around for me we'll take applications for Flo's boyfriend <laughs> at the um, email address of um, dykwpodcast at gmail.com yes you are correct <laughs> um, but I've also worked out what my biggest regret is oh really oh cool 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 tell yeah it's buying this flat. Oh my god, yeah, my flat. I regret buying that. No, I no. Yeah. I don't regret buying it. I don't I regret not selling it as soon it. as I move. Yeah. I I regret I regret making the decision. And it's only in hindsight that I re- I I have this regret because yeah. I genuinely felt like it was the best thing for me to do, but I regret buying this flat when I did because it's causing me an absolute ball ache now with the wanting to move and all that sort of stuff and also like the last like in lockdown living by myself in this location was just not ideal but that's all completely out of my control and I couldn't have done it any differently and it made sense but that's what I would say I regret the most at this point in my life is having made that choice because I think it'd be a lot easier for me if I had not yeah, no, I wish when I decided to move up to Scotland, I just sold my flat. Because, like, I, I to be fair, no one else said this to me, but I was like, right, I don't know if I'm going to like it. And the last thing I would want is to sell the flat, realise I hate it in Scotland, and then want to move home and not have the flat to come to. Um, yeah, so I, so I was like, I'm just going to rent it out. And I've honestly lost so much money. Everyone's like, you must be rolling in money, you know, as an assistant manager and having this rental income. And I'm like, no. Like I had to, I had to do my tax return for my first like full year, um, with rental income, the uh back in January, and honestly, I cried so much. Like I generally cried, um, like called my dad, being like, I don't know how I'm gonna pay this. Like I had the, I had the money, luckily, but it was basically all my savings gone on one tax bill. Like, I've lost so much money that it's not been a worthwhile investment. So I like, I don't regret buying it because for the almost two years that I lived there, I loved it. And it's, I wish I could move it up here. I love it so much. Um, but I just wish I sold it as soon as I decided to move. If anyone has got all the way to the end of this and has enjoyed listening, then I really appreciate it with all my heart um, and hope that you return next week for myself and Flo chatting some more shit. And if you would like to follow us on any of our socials and by any of our socials, I mean our Instagram, because that's the only one that we have. Then please give us a follow at DY. I'm, do you know what? I can't even remember it. Give us a follow. <laughs> Give us a follow at D- <laughs> Shut up. Give us a follow at DYKW Podcast uh, on yeah on Insta and any emails you want to send us, send them to DYKW Podcast at gmail.com 
uh, I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure if we we'll get used to it. We'll get used to it. I'm pretty sure if we put this on Spotify, you can uh, leave us a five star rating. Unfortunately, um, we, you're not allowed to leave less than five star. So either leave us a five star rating or just don't leave a rating. Or just don't leave a rating. Yeah, yeah. So one or the other would be preferred. Leave some comments. Tell your friends. And yeah. Bye. Bye.